You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. We took Monday off, but uh, we wanted to get right back on track here this week as we turn our page to the next set of teams for our off-season guides. That would be the AFC South. So we've got... Uh, only three divisions left to go here. The AFC South, the NFC West, AFC West. Five in the books. If you want to catch up and check out the shows there, do that. We just completed a good run there on the NFC South to close last week. So we'll uh, definitely get through that division this week, the AFC South. And uh, we're going to go back into the alphabetical order mode. And uh, the intrigue is also there with all these teams. Big changes for everyone so far, uh, all the way through the Titans here. So we'll start with the Texans, end with the Titans. Uh, we know Texans um, had a big personnel change. The Colts are breaking a new quarterback. The Jaguars said goodbye to a quarterback, and the Titans kept their quarterback. So a lot of drama there. With the Houston Texans, that's the one thing that's not changing, or is it? That's something we're going to be watching as well here. Deshaun Watson returning after another special season there for the Texans. But definitely some things have changed around him. And certainly some speculation and things he's uh, put out there on social media make it a little bit more interesting for Houston going forward. And uh, we'll break that team down in full. Again, the Colts with Phillip Rivers, that'll be a fun team to talk about. We'll get to them tomorrow. And still, we know there's the to-do list in the NFL draft, but we're taking the pulse of these teams, see where they are standing in the offseason where they're going, what they might be thinking of the draft, what free agency has done to their roster, and uh, try to dissect all that from a fantasy football perspective for you. So let's go right into the Texans. I remember the the quarterback drama that I mentioned. Well, Deshaun Watson isn't going anywhere, but things have changed around Deshaun Watson. They've uh, <coughs> taken away his go-to guy here, DeAndre Hopkins. So he got traded. Uh, the reasoning behind this, simply uh, DeAndre Hopkins wanted to renegotiate his deal. Texans wanted didn't want to cave in, give him big money, specifically Bill O'Brien. So what do they do? They ship him to the Cardinals in a deal, not even getting a first-round pick in return. So it was a little bit of personal issues there. We know there was some of that in the Jadavion Clowney situation where they moved him last year to the Seahawks. So there's always something seeming to go on with the Texans. Uh, they're pretty aggressive trading. We've seen uh, Clowney go out and uh, Hopkins go out. They brought in Laramie Tunsil at left tackle last year. So a lot of uh, interesting stuff to break down with Houston all the time. And the bottom line is I think Bill O'Brien's a little overwhelmed as the coach and the general manager. And uh, just trying to figure out the best way to manage his team here going forward in 2020. I think a big issue definitely is uh, trying to figure out number one wide receiver all of a sudden. In the deal, they get David Johnson back in return at running back, so they didn't keep Carlos Hyde, who had a 1,000-yard season for them. 
first of his career. He bounced around, we know, since his 49ers injuries with the Jaguars and Chiefs. So that's the big change in the backfield. Now you get uh, Will Fuller, Kenny Stills are your lead receivers here, and Randall Cobb acquired there in free agency to work the slot between those two guys, signed away from the Cowboys, the former longtime Packer there. So so let's uh, examine what this means for Watson. It's not that good. We know that he can extend plays, make plays with his feet, and get the ball downfield. We know he has pretty good chemistry with Will Fuller, and at times Kenny Stills, but the straw that stirred the whole drink was DeAndre Hopkins. His route running, getting open all the time, drawing the attention of number one corners, opened up some straight vertical shots on the other side for Will Fuller. Stills working whenever he had the chance in the middle of the field to do some damage here. Other weapons, uh, Watson buying time to throw and getting it downfield will be part of his offense uh, as long as he's playing in the NFL, but certainly losing Hopkins, that go-to guy that strikes fear, in teams where you know you have to occupy your number one corner, it opens up the rest of the field where Fuller is not that type of uh, wide receiver to demand the attention. I know he's a first-round pick as well of the Texans, but again, we know what he's been known for. His speed, stretching the field, making big plays, scoring touchdowns at a high rate when he's on the field with Watson. The problem with Will Fuller, of course, is the availability, the durability it's not a guy that you can completely trust to stay healthy. He's had the hamstring issues of uh, some kind. But when he's out there, he's pretty dynamic. He's become a more complete receiver as he's had the opportunity, not just that young player who would uh, take the top off and stretch the field. So obviously a bump for Will Fuller and his value in the current state of the Texans because he's going to get that go-to treatment. I don't know if he can handle it, and that's a different story. So I don't think you can just say, okay, Will Fuller, Plugging into the DeAndre Hopkins spot, he's a wide receiver one. I think because of the injury history, we have to put him as a low-end wide receiver two, maybe even a three, because we don't know how the Texans are going to go at wide receiver here as the offseason progresses. We figure it's going to be a number one priority in the draft. The rub for the Texans is because of that Laramie Tunsil trade, they do not have a first-round pick. So so I think that's going to be the biggest issue is who do they get it is a deep draft class. Right now I have them taking Denzel Mims of Baylor when they pick first on the clock at number 40 overall. I do uh, have them exploring some other receiving options uh, during the draft there possibly later. So, again, Mims, big body, has a lot of speed, big playability, can also be dangerous uh, when uh, Watson extends plays and gets the ball downfield. Nice size out of Baylor, so good athlete overall. But uh, Fuller for now, so that's going to be the challenge here. Can they believe in Will Fuller being a complete receiver? Do they have to think that the receiver that they take at some point in the draft pretty high, maybe not in the second round, but definitely early because uh, they run out of picks here until later in the draft pretty quickly. So it's kind of an interesting draft. They don't pick in the first, have uh, some concentrated picks there on day two, and then it kind of is a – late, late free-for-all with a lot of seventh-round picks for the Texans. So, interesting. So, we'll see where they go from there. Kenny Stills, we know, has been a good super sub there when Fuller's been out of lineup. And uh, Hopkins has been durable. They needed someone to compliment Hopkins. And uh, we know with Cobb, his function is going to be working the slot. He's not necessarily a guy they're going to put on the outside. So, Stills is going to have to play outside a little bit more. This confirms they're not big fans of Kiki Kuti being a big factor here in 2020. So 
Again, Fuller, jury's still out. We know that. I mean, just you can't trust him completely. I think wide receiver two with the upside if he can stay on the field, but certainly not going to hit that wide receiver one range. Just not complete receiver enough. Stills, we know, has been a sub. So, I mean, the pecking order for now is kind of set. I mean, Stills is going to be default, maybe that more versatile route runner on the outside. Fuller is going to be still the deep threat. Cobb working in the middle of the field in the slot. So, again, this is not the most promising situation wide receiver-wise. I mean, with these guys, if they added Cobb and they still had Hopkins, it would be extremely promising, of course, with that. So, Watson, again, you have to drop him down a little bit with uh, not having the same reliability that Hopkins so gave him the chemistry, having that clear go-to guy that he could trust all over the field, not only to stretch field big big plays, but also finish drives in the red zone. So the one good thing is that the Texans keep Darren Fells. I know this is not the most exciting tight end situation for fantasy. Darren Fells is a bit hit or miss with his production. We know he's touchdown dependent. They've liked the two Jordans behind him, Jordan Akins, Jordan Thomas, to some degrees, they also had Cahale Waring in last year's draft that had a little bit of upside as a receiver. But, again, so at least some familiarity there in the red zone with Fells as they brought him back on a rather cheap deal here. So, for the most part, I mean, he loses Hopkins, but a lot of familiar pieces of this offense. Same passing game here with Bill O'Brien. So that part is okay. The bigger question is that now is Deshaun Watson going to be totally happy and buy in? Could he be on the move now? And that's something we're going to be watching if he's going to force his hand out of Houston. He's looking for his big contract extension like Patrick Mahomes. And certainly this is not the best development when they move Hopkins right in the middle of uh, competing for a championship. I mean, they were in the AFC championship uh, round penultimate there. The divisional playoffs blew that big lead in Kansas City. Watson gave them a shot against Mahomes. So we'll see how that develops. But for now, this is Lower value here for uh, Watson in his current situation. So uh, there's that with the passing game and how the pecking order should be going forward for Watson. We do have to talk about the big change in the running game. We'll do that in our next segment. But first, make sure you're checking out the great shows all about the NFL Draft on the network. Here uh, they're called Locked on NFL Draft from the pages of the Draft Network as well as the Draft Dudes podcast both here on Locked On, the insight you need as we count down quickly towards the 2020 NFL Draft. We'll be right back here to look at David Johnson and the big change in the Texans running game without Carlos Hyde. All right, so let's pick up talking here about the Texans running game. Now, interesting flyer they took on David Johnson. Part of it was simply that he was making about the same money as DeAndre Hopkins, so less complications for the math involving the salary cap. Now, Duke Johnson is still around. I mean, so that's going to be confusing, no doubt, at some point in fantasy football drafts later with D. Johnson. We know that uh, they had disparate values. At one point, Duke Johnson had very high PPR value, but that is kind of killed here because he came to the Texans. They didn't really use him as that receiving back to complement Carlos Hyde. They kind of just used him as a supplement, like they just put him in the lineup. This is a team that is not a big check-down team, and part of it is Deshaun Watson extending plays that are taking off and running or extending plays and looking for the big ball downfield and not necessarily checking down all that much. The tight end 
is an inconsistent incorporation of this offense. So the running back has not been prominently involved in the receiving game. So that's something that we need to see change here with David Johnson because we know that's a big part of his game. It was primarily how he was doing well in the Cliff Kingsbury offense early. He had the receiving skills. He had the touchdowns. That was the biggest thing in his favor. He wasn't getting that running back workload. So here, I think the Texans are expecting that he can be healthy, even though he's getting closer to 30 here and can turn on that feature back vibe. So certainly for David Johnson, it's a big upgrade because he was going to be buried behind Kenny Drake. The Cardinals were pretty much accepting the fact that they were stuck with his contract. They couldn't dump it on anyone. It was going to be cost ineffective for them to cut him. But here came the Texans, kind of bailed him out of that situation. Now, the Texans pretty much are making him the feature back. I mean, again, we said Duke Johnson was more of a blip in what they were trying to do in the offense, simply just getting some touches behind Carlos Hyde. Even touch the ball in some power situations, which was interesting last year. So certainly, Bill O'Brien and the coaching staff had a different outlook on how to use Duke Johnson than what we've seen when they made the transition from Hugh Jackson to Freddie Kitchens. We know that Duke was a Mr. PPR guy for the Browns, but then came uh, Nick Chubb into the mix and really carried them, and they pivoted to Kareem Hunt last year as well. So Duke is just pretty much a guy right now, and he doesn't have any standalone value. He has basically just handcuff value at this point. And that's assuming that the Texans don't draft a back here. The other backs are Buddy Howell and Karen Higdon. So so we expect them to draft a back here because you need some insurance beyond David Johnson. The durability issues are pretty well documented here. That said, what do you think we can get from Dave Johnson in a feature role again? Uh, getting back to where he was with the Cardinals. He's now out of the doghouse of a new coach there at Kingsbury. They quickly pivoted to Ken Drake. I don't think it's certainly going to be David Johnson getting back with Bruce Arians and being a featured focal point of the offense. Naturally, with Hopkins out, they need to make up for some receptions here in this offense. If you think about Cobb simply being a veteran upgrade to QT, Stills and Fuller uh, moving up the charts, but there's a void there in the passing game to make up for what Hopkins did, so there should be more receiving opportunities for David Johnson. It'd be silly for Houston not to use him in that capacity, using him in a bit of a hybrid role. Have him certainly be the guy that finishes the drives in the red zone, but also design some plays for him. I mean, he's a converted wide receiver from Northern Iowa. They need receiving help. Even if they go draft one, two, three receivers in the draft, they're going to have some inexperience there, and you can't totally trust them on short to intermediate routes. And you need something there on those type of routes because, again, Fuller takes the top off. Stills can also stretch the field. Cobb is your best bet working in the middle of the field now. And I think that's why they went out and got Cobb because they didn't have a lot of trust in Kiki Kuti in this situation without DeAndre Hopkins to be a consistent number three option for them. Cobb came on strong, finished well his lone season with the Cowboys last year. So so in terms of working the middle of the field, the shorter intermediate routes, the bread is going to be buttered a lot with Johnson and Cobb. I mean, that's where Watson has to look. I don't think they want him to get hit as much. He does like to extend plays, but he does have a better offensive line, especially on the edges with Laramie Tunsil, who's looking for his 
new contract here from the Texans. And Titus Howard, who's a good young athlete that they put on the right side here that can develop into something. So pretty decent bookends. There are veterans at guard, Senio Kelamete and Zach Fulton, Nick Martin. This is not a bad run-blocking team. We saw them open holes pretty well for Hyde and uh, kind of rejuvenated him last year. So maybe that'll work the same here for David Johnson, who's a bit younger than Hyde, less wear and tear overall. It seems like Johnson's older. It's kind of broken down, but he just had a few turns of bad luck with the Cardinals. Last year, he was headed to a big season as an RB1. We all drafted him pretty high in the first round, and then the Drake situation mysteriously happened with the Chase Edmonds, that Giants game, and things kind of just went downhill from there with uh, Johnson having a few durability issues, Edmonds showing up, and then the trade for Drake. So some bad breaks there that happened. So if change of scene is going to help David Johnson for sure here. And again, there was a 1,000 yards available in this rushing offense last year. They did punch in a lot of short touchdowns. And they, the big question mark is how they're going to make that adjustment where the checkdowns and passing to the backs wasn't as big of a deal. And now you figure it has to be a bigger deal. For the investment, they're making Johnson well over $10 million. And to help Watson as a target, essentially... Johnson replaces Carlos Hyde, but he's also replacing some of uh, what Hopkins gave this offense as well. They need him to do that, to really maximize the return on his value. So follow the money a little bit, but again, Johnson, up, up, up. I think right now you look at him as an RB2 with a bullet. I don't think you can quite go into that RB1 category because we still have to see the usage, new offense and all that, and the durability is also going to be a factor, but... Very appealing RB2 again because Duke Johnson is not going to be much of a factor here in this offense. So there you have a look at uh, what David Johnson can bring. I think there's some optimism and excitement for a nice comeback season for him. We still have to look at the rest of the Texans and how they kind of shape up for the 2020 NFL draft and their outlook here in the NFC South. But first, I got to tell you, it's still a busy time for the NFL. We've got you covered here with our team-by-team podcast on the Locked On Network. And uh, we're going to keep bringing it to you almost every day, every week here, counting down. It's uh, very soon the draft will be here, just a couple weeks after we get to Thursday. So exciting time for sure in the NFL. And uh, check out those shows to catch up what all these teams are thinking about when they'll be on the clock there on April 23rd. We'll be right back here to look at the Texans and their standing here in the AFC South as the reigning champions from 2019. All right, let's close the show looking at what else happened with the Texans in NFL free agency. Again, the big swap here is David Johnson and DeAndre Hopkins out and uh, Randall Cobb joining the offense as well. Defensively, there are a few changes. They lost DJ Reader there which is a big loss they kept Bradley Roby at corner but definitely some things uh, changing up here for the Texans so Reader was a big part of what they did anchoring things up front they also don't have too much pass rush depth something that plagued them last year with without Jadavon Clowney so behind J.J. Watt Whitney Merciless they need somebody to help get to the quarterback that's going to be an issue they need someone to hold the fort against the run to set the table for their inside linebackers led by the very talented Bernardrick McKinney. Again, their secondary is still 
leaves a little bit of to be desired, even though bringing back Roby, they took a flyer in Vernon Hargraves after the Bucks kind of dumped him. They also got Garon Conley after the Raiders moved on from him. So have pieced the secondary together. Their safety situation is not bad with Justin Reed and Tayshawn Gibson. Spent a lot of money on Eric Murray as a third safety, which uh, didn't make a lot of sense when you had to let Reader go here in free agency. So, yeah, and the secondary is good, but not great. Overall, this linebacker core, pretty decent, but really the depth is very thin and not that big presence up front here for the Texans' defense. So this could be a problem here. And uh, again, this division, as we look at it, the Texans have won back-to-back titles, but what have we seen last two years? The Colts went deeper as the wildcard team. Two years ago, the Titans went a stage deeper into the AFC Championship game last year. So... Finishing first in the AFC South hasn't meant much, so there's going to be a lot of heat on Bill O'Brien. He's made these aggressive moves dating back to the trades from before the start of last season to now moving we thought was an indispensable piece, DeAndre Hopkins, from this passing offense. So a lot of pressure on this team. The Colts have certainly improved themselves with Phillip Rivers and DeForest Buckner in the mix to really... uh, hopefully change the face of what they're trying to do offensively. So the Colts will be better. The Titans are sticking with their plan of uh, running Derrick Henry and throwing with Ryan Tannehill. Then you have the Jaguars, who should be improved defensively with some of the changes they made. So Texans, one thing is they can't sit on their laurels. They can't be the same level of team here offensively. So it's going to be a pretty crucial draft for those limited picks without a first-rounder to hit on their impact players here. Because there's a team ready to win now. The Texans uh, have that limited window with Sean Watson on his rookie deal. They really have to take advantage. And that was the big surprise in moving Hopkins. I get it. If you didn't want to pay him in the next contract, you're still under contract for a couple years. But to take him out of the offense with a special quarterback like that, with whom he has great established chemistry, it's not good for reality. It's not good for fantasy here. So, as for those Watson rumors, we'll see. Can he buy himself a ticket out of here? Is he, he going to be the next person unhappy and uh, has a conflict with Bill O'Brien started by this Hopkins move and moving some other players that uh, like Clowney that could have helped them uh, win a few more games last year? So that's going to be the question mark going forward. Is there going to be some weird aggressive move? Say like a team like the Patriots are able to finagle something where they land Watson Anything cannot be ruled out here with this Texans team. It's a little weird, but I think they've certainly weakened themselves there in relation to the rest of the division here in 2020, and it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. In summary, Deshaun Watson is still a QB1, but you got to drop him a notch as he figures out the receiving core without Hopkins, especially if Fuller can't be counted on to be healthy. Kenny Stills has had his share of injury issues as well. So Fuller, wide receiver two is upside, but can't go any deeper than that. Still, as I still think, is a wide receiver 3-4 type. Randall Cobb, same boat there. Darren Fells, still in that tight end by committee, flashing it there. But the biggest beneficiary of this whole uh, Texans move, we know, is David Johnson. Looking like a pretty solid RB2 right now with some sleeper value. I don't think you can go all in on him as an RB1 like we did last year. We're excited about what he could do in the Kingsbury offense. In the O'Brien offense, I think you temper your expectations, but he can make up for it by being 
the volume guy and being the red zone guy, even if uh, they don't find a way to incorporate him in the passing game the way he is in the past uh, in his best uh, really uh, explosive fantasy seasons in the NFL. So there you have it. There's a breakdown of the Houston Texans, where they stand the offseason, the fallout of the Deshaun Watson losing DeAndre Hopkins and getting David Johnson. So exciting things there. The Colts are another team that we really have to dive deep into. That's a team that's on deck uh, looking at Phillip Rivers and what that offense looks like as they make the transition from Jacoby Brissett. That wraps up this edition of Lockdown Fantasy Football. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NFL. Have a great day. See you tomorrow with a look at the Colts.